Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Some big news today for the Philly Sports Power Hour. We are now simulcast, not only on the Jacob Sports Network, but across all the legal hands to the face platforms. So I see my Instagram peeps in the house checking in. This is the Philly Sports Power Hour. We are live every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., So you can now catch us out not only on the Jacob Sports Network, but on all the legal hands to the face social media channels as well. So just more Bill Calarulo. I know that makes everybody happy. But I do enjoy spending this hour with my Power Hour crew, and hopefully the Power Hour crew will now grow. So we are live on YouTube. We are live on TikTok. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We are everywhere. And we got a great show scheduled for today. We're going to be joined later on in the show. First time on the Power Hour, Dalton Miller. He's the former lead analyst at the Pro Football Network. He's an NFL draft analyst, and he is a Dallas Cowboys content creator. So I want to talk to him and get his perspective on the Philadelphia Eagles' new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, because you guys know if you tuned in yesterday, for either the Philly Sports Power Hour or the Legal Hands to the Face Show, or if you follow me on social media, you know I'm happy about this. I'm excited about Kellen Moore. But now we're going to get a Dallas Cowboys analyst perspective on what we can expect from Kellen Moore and should we be excited about Kellen Moore. So let's get a little roll call from the Power Hour crew. I see Wine Niners Wine in the house. William Stark, Elliot, Chuck Hutton, Invincible. The ARS Bench, Mike Fittery, Chuck Hutton, David Laprati Jr., Mo, my man Bill Spadaro in the house, WCBJJ, Twiz, Nina, Stan, Adams Exploits. A ton of you guys here today. Flexing and stepping, as always, my man Thaddeus. What else we got? I'm awake. Are you? Man, there's so many people here today. I love it. Big Ben, Mar, Teresa. If I missed you, I apologize. But good to be here with you guys for this hour. And I see people checking in on Instagram as well. So just to recap, the Philadelphia Eagles, two new coordinators. If you were here yesterday, you know I feel really good about the start of this offseason. I think when you look back to going into the 2023 season, how do you not feel better about going into 2024 with the coordinators that we have? Last season, the Philadelphia Eagles coordinators had a combined one year of coordinator experience. Brian Johnson had never called plays at the NFL level. 
Sean Desai, one year as a coordinator. Now you bring in 25 years of combined coordinator experience between Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio. And let's just talk about Fangio for a second because we said it on the show yesterday that Fangio is respected enough around the league that he's going to be able to pull from a pretty big coaching tree when it comes to position coaches. And you're already starting to see the chips fall into place. They get defensive line coach Clint Hurt, a guy who was a defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, an assistant head coach for the Seattle Seahawks. There's then reports they're bringing in Carl Scott, who was the D-backs coach for Seattle, who was the passing game coordinator for Seattle. The caliber of position coaches that Vic Fangio is going to be able to bring in is huge. That's why I don't understand the negativity around these hires, because there's a lot of things to be excited about. And we talk about Kellen Moore. You know I'm excited about that. And we're going to talk to Dalton Miller later in the show. I want to get his perspective on it. But this is a guy who's called plays in this league for five seasons. That wasn't going to be an easy get for the Eagles to be able to go out there and bring in a young offensive mind that has called plays and done it with a lot of success in this league. And yesterday, when I was telling you guys that I was excited about the Kellen Moore hire, I had a few of you, especially my man, Wine Niners Wine. You know I love you, but we disagree on this one. I had a few of you say, well, listen to what Mike McCarthy said. Listen to what Mike McCarthy had to say about the reason why they moved on from Kellen Moore. So I went and looked at what Mike McCarthy had to say. Mike McCarthy said the reason they moved on from Kellen Moore after the 2022 season was because Kellen wants to light up the scoreboard, but I want him to run the damn ball more so I can rest my defense. So every Eagles fan is taking that and saying, oh, well, this guy doesn't like to run the football. Mike McCarthy said, Kellen Moore doesn't like to run the football. In 2022, when Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, they ran the ball 531 times. That was sixth most in the NFL. Last season, with Mike McCarthy calling the plays in Dallas, they only ran it 468 times, 14th in the NFL. So Mike McCarthy is full of crap. Mike McCarthy wanted to be able to call the plays. So he says, oh, well, Kellen Moore doesn't want to run the ball. When Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, 2022, sixth most, 2021, top 10 rushing offense, I'm not buying that he doesn't like to run the football. Did he run the ball a lot in L.A. last year? No. But they had a horrible offensive line. So this is a good move for the Philadelphia Eagles. Both moves are good moves for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I really think people are being negative just because of the way the season ended, and I get it. I get it. I was furious, too. What a horrible taste in our mouths after the way the last seven games went. I get it. 
but don't be negative just for the sake of being negative. Look at the entire picture here, and you have to feel better today than you did two weeks ago when the season ended. So we'll talk more about the Eagles later on in the show when Dalton Miller joins the show. But let's talk a little bit of other Philadelphia sports. Jump over to the Sixers for a second. They get crushed last night to the against the Portland Trailblazers, 130 to 104. Again without Joel Embiid, again without Tyrese Maxey. And even though they competed against Denver, backups could just not compete. Their shooting was terrible last night. So we'll see what happens. And now there's some reports that the Sixers may get fined for scratching Embiid from the Denver game 15 minutes before the game. We'll see what happens. But we're going to bring on Kayla Santiago tomorrow like we do every Wednesday. We'll get some Sixers talk because I know she loves the depth of this team. I love the depth of this team. But I still think, and I think a lot of you guys agree, they're missing a piece. They're missing a piece to make that run. And this is an interesting question. So Slagger57 says, does anybody play defense in the NBA? Let me find my notes here because there was something I wanted to talk about. So we know Joel put up 70 points last week, and we were all fired up about it. And the funny thing is, Luca then dropped 73 less than a week later. And what does this tell you about the state of the NBA when it comes to defense? So you go back to the 60s. So there's been 10 players in NBA history, only 10 who have put up 70 or more points. You go back to the 60s, you had Elgin Baylor and Wilt Chamberlain. You then had to wait 15 years for somebody else to do it. David Thompson does it in 1978. You then had to wait 16 years for someone else to do it. The Admiral, David Robinson, does it in 1994. You then had to wait 12 years until Kobe Bryant put up 81 in 06. You then waited another 11 years when Devin Booker put up 70. Then you waited six more years until Donovan Mitchell did it. And now you have four players, Donovan Mitchell, Joel Embiid, Damian Lillard, and now Luka all dropped 70 points within a year of each other. Not taking anything away from Joel. What he's doing is incredible. But are you kidding me? We waited 15 years, 16 years, 12 years, 11 years. It's now been done four times in a year span. What does that tell you about the state of the defense in the NBA? Pretty crazy. So that's the Sixers. Hopefully Embiid can get healthy. Not great reports. He couldn't even jump was one of the reports of coming out of Denver. So let's hope he's okay. And we got to talk about our man, Reese Hoskins. We don't do a lot of Phillies talk on the show because there's not much to talk about lately. But Reese Hoskins, as you guys know, signs a two-year deal with the Milwaukee Brewers. They could get out of that deal after a year. Reese can void the last year. But he had his introductory press conference Always loved Reese. I know you guys do, too. But let me ask you a question. Reese Hoskins, the infamous, famous, 
bat spike, one of the coolest moments of Reese Hoskins' career in Philadelphia. Who saw, if you're here in the chat, did you see what the Milwaukee Brewers social media team did? To me, it was a violation. They took that bat spike of Reese Hoskins in a Phillies uniform, and as he's spiking the bat, his uniform changes from the Phillies to the Brewers. That's a violation, man. You can't take an iconic moment in Philadelphia sports and change the damn uniform. Let me know if you agree with me. If you saw that, massive violation. To me, it was like if they would have taken the AI step over and as he's stepping over Lou, changing his uniform from the Sixers to the Nuggets. Violation, man. Shouldn't have done it. Let me know if you agree with me. Should not have done it. But we'll get more into the Phillies as things start to happen. It's been a pretty quiet offseason, really all over Major League Baseball. Not much happening. The Phillies haven't really done anything other than bringing Nola back, which we were all excited about, but we'll talk more. But violation on the Milwaukee Brewers, man. You can't take an iconic moment in Philadelphia sports and put your uniform on it. Massive violation. And I see people on TikTok agreeing with me, saying they hated it. I hated it, too. But let's jump to the NHL for a second. So we did some Sixers talk, some Phillies talk. We'll do some NHL talk, and then we're going to go back to our Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL. Does anybody care about the NHL All-Star game? These All-Star games, really, in every single sport, are a waste of time. I mean, the NFL at least has gotten rid of the Pro Bowl. Now they do the Pro Bowl games. Thank God. But now you got the NHL All-Star game. I know some people care about the NBA All-Star game when it happens. But when I was a kid, I used to like the NHL All-Stars. I used to love the skills competitions and things. I just can't get into it anymore. And I know they're trying to do things to get people fired up. Does this get anybody excited? There's going to be a draft on Thursday night. There's four teams. They do a three-on-three competition. They've been doing that since 2016. And they have celebrity captains. Justin Bieber, Michael Buble, Will Arnett, and Tate McRae. Does that get anybody excited? Does that move the needle for you? Oh, well, now I'm going to watch the All-Star game because I want to see Justin Bieber as a celebrity captain. They should just get rid of these damn things, man. I see people in the chat saying the home run derby's all they watch. Home run derby's fun, but it's still, it's not even the same as it used to be because a lot of guys don't even do it. Same thing with the slam dunk competition. Remember how cool the dunk competition used to be in the NBA? The best players don't even do that stuff anymore. But yeah, NHL All-Star game, the draft, I guess a good try by the National Hockey League, but Justin Bieber, Michael Buble, Will Arnett, Tate McRae, not moving the needle for me. So, hey, I hope Travis Konechny does well. And here we go. Bill Spadaro, 80s dunk contests were the best. You're not kidding, man. Remember Spud Webb? Little Spud Webb doing his thing? It'll never be the same. Never be the same. 
But before we take a break, just a quick update, too, on the NFL head coaches. Amazing that one of the greatest coaches of all time in Bill Belichick looks like he probably isn't getting a job in 2024. Pretty remarkable. I thought his best shot would have either been Atlanta, but they go with Raheem Morris. The L.A. Chargers, but they go with Jimmy Harbaugh. So now you have Jim Harbaugh with the Chargers, Antonio Pierce with the Raiders, Gerard Mayo with the Patriots, Brian Callahan, former OC for the Bengals with the Titans, Dave Canales, former OC with the Bucks, he's with the Panthers, Raheem Morris with the Atlanta Falcons. Two job openings still exist. Seattle Seahawks, Washington Commanders. A lot of talk that maybe Ben Johnson's going one of those places. So we'll see what happens, but it doesn't look like Bill Belichick's getting a job, and it also doesn't look like Mike Vrabel's getting a job. That one may surprise me more. What surprises you more? Vrabel? Or Belichick not having a job in 2025? So, or excuse me, 2024. Maybe they get a job in 2025. But which one surprises you more? And I see I'm awake or you saying Ben Johnson's going to Washington. That would be a good move. That would be a really good move. You saw what he did with the Detroit Lions this year. And that's why if you're a Lions fan, it has to hurt so much more about what happened. We talked about it yesterday about the bad decisions Dan Campbell made because you take this Detroit Lions team, no guarantee they get back next year. You heard Dan Campbell talk about it, but they're going to probably lose their offensive coordinator. You lose some players. They blew an amazing opportunity to get to a Super Bowl. That's going to be tough to bounce back from. I feel for those Detroit Lions fans. I really do. But Guys, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to be joined by Dalton Miller. I haven't seen him check in yet, but Dalton Miller is going to be joining the show, former lead analyst for the Pro Football Network, Dallas Cowboys content creator. So I want to find out from him what are his thoughts about this Kellen Moore hire because I'm excited about it. I know some people are excited about it. So when we get back, guys, we're going to talk to Dalton Miller. But make sure you're subscribed if you're watching on the Legal Hands of the Face social media channels. Make sure you're following and you're subscribed if you're on Jacob Sports. Make sure you are subscribed. Hit that like button for me. Hit that share button. And we'll be right back. This is the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody, and welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Trying to get my man Dalton Miller the link here, so I'm going back and forth with him now to get his perspective on the Dallas Cowboys' Kellen Moore coming to the Philadelphia Eagles. So sit tight. We're working on getting him here. First time he's joining the Power Hour, so we're going to get him here. But I see all my Power Hour crew checking in. Also excited today that this is now being simulcast on all my social media platforms. So I get a lot of the other crew, hopefully the Power Hour crew, which is continuing to grow every single day. Love spending this hour with you. is going to get even bigger. So we are now live streamed on Instagram as well. So we're going to come to you guys every day, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. So make sure you're following along. But you guys know I'm excited about this Kellen Moore hire as offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I want to get the perspective of Dalton Miller, former lead analyst of the Pro Football Network, content creator for the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome to the show, Dalton. First time on the Power Hour. How you doing, my brother? Fantastic. Hope you're doing well yourself. So Dalton's on a little bit of a different time zone, right? You're over there in Portugal bit. doing this. Yep, a little bit. Doing this over in Portugal. Had to uh, chase the sunshine. Very cool. And congratulations. I understand you're a new dad now, right? I am, yes. December 17th. So it's still very, very new. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun, man. I got two kids, so it, it's fun. But So I know you do a lot of breakdowns on the NFL draft. I'll talk to you about that. But you do some content stuff for the Dallas Cowboys. So us in Philadelphia, a lot of mixed reviews right now. I'm excited about Kellen Moore. I think he's going to be very good for this Eagles offense that as Nick Sirianni said, became stale. 
tell us a little bit about Kellen Moore. Should we be happy that he's the offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I think for for Eagles fans more than anything, you should be excited that there's going to be a little bit of something different because what Kellen Moore brings is completely different philosophically from what Nick Sirianni brings offensively. So that, you know, could obviously clash and it could crash and burn to the ground. But I do think getting a little bit of an outside view of how to, to run the offense and what to do um, in terms of evolving this offense, um, I think is something that Kellen Moore can bring. Now, one of the concerns that some Eagles fans have is he doesn't like to run the football. And we all know the quote from Mike McCarthy on why they moved on from him was, hey, he wants to light up the scoreboard. I want him to run the damn football more. When he was in Dallas, though, two top 10 rushing offenses, 2022, 2021. Is that a true statement that he doesn't like to run the football? No, no, it's not a true statement. I, I think he would rather pass. Well, listen, he's a former quarterback, so he would obviously like to air it out. But I think that the, the Dallas Cowboys rushing attack this season was not as good. And I think it's because they kind of got away from the outside zone stuff that Kellen Moore really liked to run. Now, there is some downhill stuff. You know, he, he has a duo game as well. Um, that they will run offensively and they'll be able to use, you know, uh, you know, duo and, you know, kind of read option off of that with their mobile quarterback. And kind of that's what I'm waiting and seeing. I'm waiting and seeing how he's able to evolve his own rushing attack with a quarterback that you do really need to use his legs to maximize that offense. And, you know, Justin Herbert is an athletic guy. Dak Prescott, when he was with Kellen Moore, wasn't that athletic. He got a little bit more athletic as he got away from that ankle injury a little bit. Um, but I don't think that the issues with the Los Angeles Chargers offense this year or the Dallas Cowboys offensive uptick kind of after the bye week this year has anything to do with an inability of Kellen Moore to be able to run an offense. And the one thing that we saw in Dallas that we did not like with Kellen Moore's offense was a lack of motion, a lack of formational changes to really help guys out. And that's something that he did in L.A. His team was top 10 in motion rate at the snap. He was trying to mix things up. But you look at that roster after week three, and it was a barren wasteland. You lost Mike Williams. Your running back got hurt, came back, and was completely washed, so they couldn't run the football. And then, obviously, Justin Herbert was lost for the end of the season. So they were they, they were built to fail in Los Angeles this season. There was nothing that he could have done to change that. And I do think that the fresh ideas that he has could change the way that this offense looks next year. And you talk about this Eagles offense next year. One of the things they didn't do well this season was handle the blitz. And especially the last couple of weeks of the season, week 18, the Giants, there were no answers for Wink Martindale's blitz. In the wild card game, Todd Bowles, who you knew was going to blitz Jalen Hurts, no answers for the blitz. How has Kellen Moore been and his offense has been in responding to the blitz? Yeah, I think the one thing that Kellen does a really good job of is, is simplifying things for the offensive line. You know, there will be times where, listen, Jalen Hurts is going to have to pick up the free guy, but they're going to make things way less complex than a lot of other systems make them. Uh, it, it just adds to a little bit of cohesiveness cohesiveness to that offensive line and that offensive line is incredibly talented so if you have that and you have a back that can block that sixth guy or that fifth guy um, at times if there's overloads and things of that nature I think that the simplification of these blitz pickups um, is going to be a good thing for 
what is probably the most talented offensive line in the NFL. Let's hope it continues to be. Still question marks about Jason Kelsey's future, which would be a big loss, but I agree there's a lot of talent on the offense. And we're talking to Dalton Miller, former lead analyst for the Pro Football Network, a content creator for the Dallas Cowboys, getting his opinions on Kellen Moore, because you guys know I was excited about it, and I'm getting called too much of a homer, but it sounds like Dalton thinks it's a good move as well for this Eagles team. You talk about how he has a very simplified approach to making it easier for for offenses some of the questions are well can Jalen Hurts pick up a new offense this is now going to be his seventh offensive coordinator in the last eight years when you date back to his college days from someone who does a lot of analysis of these players do you think Kellen Moore and Jalen Hurts are going to be able to have success together yeah I think it'll definitely be different Um, it will be a little bit out of what I think Jalen's current comfort zone is, and I think that that could be something that ends up being bad for this offense. But Jalen is also a guy who I have watched since he was a freshman at Alabama, and all that he has done as a passer is get better incrementally every single year. And quarterback development is not linear, and development in general is not linear. But with Jalen Hurts, it has been almost consistently linear since his freshman season at Alabama. And I know that Things with his offense turned out to to get kind of stale towards the end of the year this year. You know, Shane Steichen might be the best offensive mind in the NFL. Doing what he was able to do with Indianapolis with Gardner Minshew at quarterback was outrageous. So I, I do think that you're looking at probably a better version of, of the offense that you saw this year uh, from the Philadelphia next year. And what you really need more than anything is Jalen Hurts to get a little bit healthier in his lower body and get some of his explosiveness back so he can really lean on those legs a little bit more than he was able to this year. And one of the things that a lot of fans want to see come back as a successful play in this offense is the run-pass option. If you look back at 2022 with Shane Steichen, the RPO... They didn't necessarily call it more. I looked at the numbers. It was called pretty much the same amount of times in 2023 as it was in 2022, but it was a lot more successful in 2022. So kind of a two-part question. One, do you think the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts can get back to the success they had with the RPO? And is that something that Kellen Moore likes in his offense? I think that they can get back to the success with the RPO if he just gets a little bit healthier because then there is that threat with his legs as well. But I think more than anything, you know, it's not something that we've really seen a ton from Kellen Moore just because he really hasn't had a quarterback that does that. What what we've seen from Kellen Moore is the ability to kind of use formations and make easy answers for quarterbacks. You know, if there's a blitz coming or if it looks like there's a blitz coming, knowing exactly where your hot is or, or where your bandit is on the backside and being able to, to come up with easy answers to complications off of blitzes. So Jalen Hurts can get the ball out as fast as possible in those situations where the offensive line is not able to account for every single rusher. So it'll be interesting to see how he implements his own version of the RPO game just because we haven't seen it much with Dallas or with Los Angeles. But that's the one thing I think that I'm looking forward to the most in Kellen's development as an offensive coordinator because he still is very green when it comes to all of this. This past season in Philly, a lot of us were frustrated, me in particular, because I had Dallas Goddard on my fantasy football team, that the Eagles didn't utilize the tight end as much as we were all hoping. Is that something we can expect with Kellen Moore to really take advantage of the tight end in his offense? 
I was really, really looking forward to what he was going to be able to do this year in Los Los Angeles with that, and and it just didn't happen. But when you look at the Dallas offense, and, and Dak Prescott really does like his tight end, so that is part of it as well. The offense kind of worked from inside out in Dallas. Uh, I'd have to go back and watch L.A. a little bit more to see if it was more outside in or inside out, just with the way that the read structure looked. But I do think that he can bring the tight end a little bit more because Dalton Schultz caught a ton of footballs for the Dallas Cowboys over the years with Kellen Moore as the coordinator. And I don't think, you know, when you look, you know, specifically at Shane Steichen and that offense, his ability to get Dallas Goddard in the screen game was such a big boost to that offense because it slowed down that pass rush a little bit because there was always that threat that they were running by that offensive line on purpose. So it slowed those guys down a little bit. And Dallas Goddard, after the catch, is very, very good. So you should try to manufacture touches for him, make some easy answers for Jalen Hurts. And then the biggest thing that I think he's going to do for that offense is rejuvenate Devontae Smith because his ability to spread the ball around and find answers, not just for the top guy, but for everybody in the offense is what I think Kellen does best. Yeah, one of the things we're hoping for is yards after catch because under Brian Johnson, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles when they had Shane Steichen be really good with the yards after catch. One of the top 10 in the NFL, they dropped all the way down to about 23rd in the NFL. But even on a bad L.A. Chargers offense, they had a top five yards after catch offense. What does Kellen Moore do to create space for his playmakers so that they can get those yards after catch that we all love? Yeah, I think the formation side of things is is where it really comes in. But I think the, the biggest difference between, you know, you look at a Philadelphia offense and you look at the, the Chargers offense is just where the ball is distributed. You know, Jalen Hurts isn't really that much of a, a quick game guy. He really likes to push the ball downfield quite a bit. And when you push the ball further downfield, you're going to be covered a little bit more because that's where teams want to cover. They want to cover downfield. So you're just going to get tackled a little bit quicker the further downfield you are. So when you look at Los Angeles, they're very big in rack there because, I mean, they just use their backs a ton in the passing attack they have for years. Um, and then they also, in that offense, because the offensive line wasn't very good, because they didn't have a ton of talent at wide receiver, a lot of that offense was between 0 and 10 yards, which stinks because Justin Herbert has an absolute howitzer of an arm. You would like to see him push the ball downfield. Um, and I think that that's the one thing that I am wondering about in the Philadelphia offense moving forward, because you look at Dak Prescott and his a dot and his ability to push the ball downfield and him not doing that very often with Kellen Moore. And then this year, Justin Herbert not doing it very often with Kellen Moore. I'm wondering if that stylistic clash is going to come out as Jalen Hurts improving in the quick game and becoming that kind of heady passer that he'll need to be as he ages out and gets a little bit less athletic? Um, or is it, again, is it going to kind of fall flat on its face? I, I think it's going to be, no matter what happens, it's going to be very fascinating what happens in Philadelphia because it is such a philosophical difference. Yeah, a lot of question marks for this Eagles team going into the offseason on personnel yeah. as well. But let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys for a second, because one of the things that made the Eagles feel a little bit better about the way our season ended was the way the Dallas Cowboys season ended against the Green Bay Packers. Did that surprise you that they really got dominated by that Packers team in Dallas in that wild card matchup? Yeah, yeah, it was it was completely surprising. Um, that's one word. Uh, embarrassing is another way to stay. Um, I knew 
in week 18 when I watched the tape of Jordan Love, I knew that the Cowboys defense was in trouble. I didn't think that they would just completely fall apart and give up. And I think seeing that, I mean, Dallas Cowboys Twitter right now, or X, whatever we want to call it, is falling apart right now. It's cannibalizing itself. They are not having a good time. There have been some bad off seasons, um, but I've never seen a team, I think, that has won 36 games over three years have such a, a low opinion of their organization as this one does. And I mean, at the end of the day, it just comes back to, to Jerry and Stephen Jones and the way that the organization is run much more like a country club than it is a football team. Their sales um, department is very much as important as their football department is. They are about making money. They are about making headlines. Jerry Jones will not shy away. He will say that to your face in the media. Um, and that really rubs Cowboys fans the wrong way because you look at other organizations and they are all about business. They are all about the product on the field. Um, and so it's it's not going to be a fun offseason for the Dallas Cowboys and for people who are content creators of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Dax Lander is always there. I'm, I'm used to that by now. Whether you like him or you hate him, um, that's always going to be there. But but they're trying to, to, to push Micah Parsons out of town right now as well. The fans are so good times yeah see we can feel a little bit better in, in philly because of what's going on in, in dallas yeah well i know you do a lot of stuff about the draft and you're analyzing mm -hmm. players and you do a lot of good content out, out there on the draft and a name that people in philadelphia would absolutely love and i think you just broke down the linebacker prospects is jeremiah trotter jr because we loved the axe man when he was in philly what can you tell us about Jeremiah Trotter Jr. and where do you project him going in this upcoming draft? It's really tough. So I just was watching him uh, coincidentally enough because I'm making a video on him after there, not him, but on the linebackers after this. Um, and I went back to him because my first viewing of him, I was not very impressed. Uh, I was actually quite disappointed in him. And it's just because he's not the, the best athlete in the world at linebacker. The one saving grace is that that's kind of the one position or two positions, if you count safety as well, where you don't have to run a 4-3 or a 4-4 four, four, or even a 4-6 if you're a linebacker to survive at the NFL level. You look at guys like Josie Jewell uh, in Denver be really productive linebackers because you can look at it the opposite way. Look at Devin White in Tampa Bay. He runs a 4-3. He's 250 pounds. He should be great, right? But if it takes you over a half a second to process what's going on in front of you, you're going to be late to the football and you're not going to be a very good linebacker, no matter how physically gifted you are. The one thing that Jeremiah Trotter Jr. can lay his hat on is that he was born to play the position. He is a, a very, very quick processor in that defense. And I think that that's another thing that we have to look at when we look at projecting linebackers or safeties to the next level is you need to get these guys in a position where they can be successful. If you put him in a situation where guys are going to be two gapping and he's going to be reading and reacting, he's not going to have a very good time because he doesn't really have the reactionary athleticism to do that. But you get him in a very attacking defense like Philadelphia has had forever on the defensive line, if you let him attach him to a gap or a gap and a half and he can attack the line of scrimmage, he can be a huge difference maker. But because he has athletic limitations, you're looking at somebody who, you know, towards the end of round three or even into round four is where you're kind of looking at him to start. And I know that there was hype, you know, even at Pro Football Network where I worked um, for so long that, that he might end up being a late first rounder. 
but he just doesn't have the athletic profile for for the NFL to take him that high. We're talking to Dalton Miller. You guys can check him out on X at Dalton B. Miller. Does a great job analyzing the draft and posted videos about these prospects. A couple more for you before I let you out the door. So another coordinator hire for this Philadelphia Eagles team was Vic Fangio. What can you tell us? Do you think this was a good move for this Eagles defense, bringing in Vic Fangio as the D.C.? It was a curious move, and it was a curious move because the defense that just failed this year was the Vic Fangio defense, like to a T. Philosophically, the way that that uh, Sean Desai tries to teach it is almost exactly the same. And Jonathan Gannon runs kind of an offshoot of it, but philosophically a little bit different than Vic Fangio's defense. And I think that it's interesting to go from the disciple to the, the real deal. But when you look at what made Philadelphia successful last year, it was that they had a very strong spine of their defense. And in a Vic Fangio-inspired defense, you need good safety play and you need good linebacker play. And you don't need Roquan Smith and, and Ro, uh, yeah, Roquan Smith. Yeah, you don't need Roquan Smith and, and Patrick Queen out there roaming the second level, but you need competent second level players and good safeties. You also can't have James Bradbury fall off an athletic cliff and be a terrible corner, which hurt as well. But I do think, and we've seen the, the Vic Fangio disciples kind of get beat up recently, but I think that you need a specific personnel to do it. And I think that if you address those issues up the spine of that defense, it can get back to being dominant again because that pass rush is always going to be there. All right, last thing for you. Chicago Bears, number one pick in the draft. Oh. You keeping Justin Fields or are you trading him and going with the top quarterback? It's so tough because at the end of the day, I do truly believe in the abilities of Justin Fields, but from what I saw from him this year plus what they could get, you know, in free agency with some of the money that they'll have from from letting him go, I, I would go that route. I would take a guy at number one and financially to be able to to keep him and pay him, you know, in that 40 million. And it's going to cost about $40 million to pay Justin Fields. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's just the price of quarterback play these days. Um, you're going to get like a second round pick for him. If you trade that first pick, you probably get like three first round picks for it. And then you're looking at the ability to stack together cheap talent around Justin Fields. So for the Bears, it all comes down to whether you believe in Justin Fields or not in his development. But just the, the way that he moves in the pocket, the lackadaisical drop, lackadaisical drop back. I love his arm. I love his ability in the intermediate levels of the field. They will have the same exact frustrations with Caleb Williams holding on to the football the same way they did Justin Fields. But he's a better creator. He's better within structure as well. And so at the end of the day, I think that they just kind of have to start fresh. All right, he's Dalton Miller. Last thing, I guess. I told you last thing, but this is truly the last Let's thing. Get it. Super Bowl 58. You going Chiefs or 49ers? Who you got? Oh, the NFL needs Taylor Swift on the field <laughs> for a celebration. They need it. It's going to happen. And I'm happy about it because we need Patrick Mahomes to start creeping up to Tom Brady so I don't have to lie uh, to my son in the future saying that Tom Brady is the GOAT because Patrick Mahomes, I think deservedly so, will be the GOAT someday. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, man. What he's done already, it's amazing. He's 28 years old. This is his fourth Super Bowl appearance, and he may have three Super Bowl rings before he's 29. That's insane, man. Yeah. Absolutely insane.
Well, Dalton, I appreciate you making time, brother. We'll have to have you back on the Philly Sports Power Hour, especially as the draft gets closer. But tell everybody where they can find you and what they can do with you. Yeah, you can find me on pretty much every social media platform at Dalton B. Miller. Um, and I just created a Patreon. It's what everyone does who resigns or gets fired from their uh, per- professional jobs. Um, and so you can find me on Patreon as well. Awesome. And he does a great job breaking down the draft, analyzing everything NFL. So, Dalton, I appreciate you making time, brother. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, that's Dalton Miller. Does a really good job with the draft, as you could tell. And so some positives and negatives from Dalton with regard to Kellen Moore. So he's going to be curious to see how Kellen Moore adjusts his offense with Jalen Hurts. But some good things in there. Some good things. Dalton does a good job. First time we had him on the Philly Sports Power Hour. So I thought he did a real nice job. We'll get him back on the show. But we're going to take one more break, guys. And when we come back, we'll do what Jody Max says. We'll put a bow on the show. So stay tuned. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you're watching. Make sure you're following. I'm Bill Calarulo. This is the Philly Sports Power Hour. We'll be right back. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamutin Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
What's up, everybody, and welcome back in to the Philly Sports Power Hour. Appreciate my Power Hour crew. I see you guys in the chat. You guys are the best. I love it. And the Power Hour crew hopefully is going to continue to grow because now we are simulcast across all my social media channels as well. So we're live every Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. We're building a nice little crew here, and I love it. I love the engagement. I love that we can disagree. Like I said, just don't get personal in the chat. No need for personal attacks at each other. But, hey, keep it coming. I know Flexing and Steppen wants to be annoying, and I love it. I love my man Flexing and Steppen. We're not always going to agree on everything, but that's what makes sports talk so damn good, is that we can agree and we can have opinions, and it doesn't have to get personal. But we just had Dalton Moore on. He gave us some things to be excited about with regard to Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. Made us concerned about some things as well. Some concerns with Vic Fangio he has also, but I still feel good. I still feel good about both of these hires. Now, none of this is going to matter if they don't have the right personnel. None of it's going to matter. Because what you saw this year, especially on the defensive side of the football, we'll talk about the offense in a second. But on the defensive side of the football, I really don't think it would have mattered If it was Sean Desai, Matt Patricia, Vic Fangio, Jim Johnson, I don't think it would have mattered with the personnel that Howie Roseman put out on that field. I think Howie Roseman gave the offense plenty of talent, but that defense severely lacked personnel. And we talked about that on this show for a while. We talked about it even before the collapse, I was asking the question, can this defense be a championship defense? Because the cracks were there from the week one. They let Mac Jones throw for 300 damn yards. So I'm praying and hoping, as excited as I am about Fangio and Kellen Moore, I'm praying and hoping that Howie Roseman looks back at the mistakes that were made in 2023 and corrects them going forward. Now, I talked to Dalton Moore about Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I know a lot of people want Jeremiah Trotter Jr. But even if the Philadelphia Eagles and Howie Roseman decide to draft a linebacker, to me, I don't think it's going to be enough. And my producer's correcting me, not Dalton Moore, Dalton Miller, who was on the show. I got Kellen Moore on the brain, Xander. Dalton Miller, who was on the show, did a nice job. But I'm just hoping, even if Howie Roseman decides to draft a Jeremiah Trotter Jr. or another stud linebacker, they can't rely on a rookie linebacker and the Kobe Dean, who we still don't know can play in this league or stay healthy in this league. To me, I think Howie Roseman needs to change his philosophy, and we go out there and we pay somebody. We pay a linebacker, and we'll start diving in throughout the offseason free agents that are available. The crazy thing is we are not that far away from free agency. I think the legal tampering window opens March 11th. So a little more than a month, we're talking free agency, baby. Love the NFL. 
365 days a year. But I think this Philadelphia Eagles team needs to go out there and pay a linebacker. Someone that's going to come in here, and we know when the season starts, we're okay at the linebacker position. I don't want these question marks again. I don't want the question marks of, well, can the Kobe Dean play? Or can the rookie they draft play? Can Ben Van Sumeren, who played fullback two years ago, be a linebacker in this league? I don't want those question marks. We need a playmaker. We need a game changer at the linebacker position this coming season. Now, it's not going to be an easy offseason for Howie Roseman. There's a lot of questions on the defensive side of the football. Not only linebacker, but you got safety. You got to figure out what you're doing with James Bradbury at corner. You have to get some edge depth because all you're going into this season with as proven edge rushers is Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. And we don't even know if both of those guys are going to be back. Both of them are under contract, but they are both entering the final year of those contracts. And we know Reddick wants a new deal. He wanted a new deal last season. But I think Howie Roseman's going to want to either give him a new deal or move on because his cap hit jumps from $7 million to $21 million. So it is not a foregone conclusion that even Hassan Reddick is back. I hope he's back. He's by far your best defensive player right now. So I hope he's back. But there's a lot of question marks with the personnel on defense. And we'll continue to break it down. Like I said, a little more than a month away from NFL free agency. But to me, a priority will be bringing in not a rookie, not just a draft pick. Yes, draft a linebacker, please. But in addition to that, you have to bring in a proven linebacker. Someone who can step in here day one, week one, and make an impact on that defense. And I see I'm awake saying $7 million to what on Reddick? Yeah, Reddick goes from a $7 million cap hit to a $21 million cap hit. There is no way Hassan Reddick is back next year with that current contract. He doesn't want to play on that deal. The Eagles aren't going to want to play on that deal. The question is, though, are they going to be able to come to an agreement on an extension? And if they can't, then Reddick's gone. I hope that doesn't happen, but that's something to look out for. Is Reddick back? But Josh Sweat is also in the final year of his deal. But his cap hit goes from 5.8 up to 9, a little bit more manageable, but nowhere near the playmaker that Hassan Reddick is. So they're going to have to figure something out with Reddick. They're going to have to figure something out with Josh Sweat, and they need more depth. You can't go into this season with Reddick, Sweat, and Nolan Smith on the edge. You need more depth there as well. So we'll continue to talk about it. And I see people in the chat saying to trade Reddick. The problem is you're not going to get a lot back for him in the final year of his deal because whoever signs him is going to have to sign him to a long-term deal. So it's not as if he's under contract for a while and you get a lot back in return. You'd be trading him really to get out from that $21 million cap hit, another team's going to have to give him a big deal, so that's going to lower his trade value. I'd like to see him back. 
but we'll talk more about it. But like we end every Philly Sports Power Hour with a little Today in Sports History. So I got a couple of them for you today. January 30th, 1990. You guys know I'm a hockey guy. January 30th, 1990. Wayne Gretzky, when he was on the Los Angeles Kings, set the NHL record by scoring his 100th point of the season for the 11th straight year. That was the record. He went on to do it two more consecutive times. Wayne Gretzky put up over 100 points 13 straight times. Absolutely insane. And then to have a little Philly sports twist on it. Where was that? 1998, January 30th, 1998. Darren Dalton retired from Major League Baseball. Good old Dutch. He was with the Florida Marlins back then. But on today's date, 1998, Darren Dutch Dalton retired from Major League Baseball. But, guys, I appreciate all of you. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you're watching. Make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to Jacob Sports. Make sure you're following me on all your social media platforms. Twitter. I don't have all you guys on Twitter. I know a lot of you guys follow me on Instagram and YouTube. But make sure you're following me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, as well, so we can engage. And I post a lot of stuff on there as well. But hit that like button on the way out, guys. We will be back here tomorrow live at 10 a.m. And hopefully going to be joined, waiting for confirmation from Kayla Santiago, who usually joins the shows on Wednesday. We'll talk a little bit of Eagles with her and a lot of 76ers as well. She does a great job covering the 76ers. So hopefully I'll see all you guys back here tomorrow, 10 o'clock. Jason A. Team says he only uses YouTube. Well, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. But I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. As always, go Birds. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.